What's your favorite scary movie? Stop Horror Time, the podcast where two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if the worthy is worthy being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hey. So th- this month we have chosen 1987 giallo film called Stage Fright, sometimes called Stage Fright Aquarius, sometimes called... Deliria was the original title. Mm-hmm. Many titles for <laughs> It was the first movie by actor director Michelle Suave, who I, I when I looked up as other movies, the only one I'd heard of was uh, Cemetery Man, which is fucking bonkers with Rupert Everett. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so like I watched this like I think like a month or two ago and I was like L we have to do this immediately <laughs> and now you know why right like first off yes I know <laughs> oh my god okay it's funny because like I usually I usually don't like like giallo movies like the more standard ones but this is way more like slasher with giallo style and first of all so, mm. so it's the main plot is that so these these uh it's like theaters uh, getting ready they're about to open for this what do they call it like it's a musical but it's very like uh, (laughs) avant-garde i think it's called the night owl or something like that yeah it's it's called the night owl but i was trying to think like they call it some style or whatever i'm like yeah sure um it it just (laughs) means the director's a fucking weirdo that's what it means but um (laughs) so it's a, a rehearsal before opening night of the show and one of the act, one of the dancers, her leg hurts, and so she goes, "There's no hospital, no bar." So they go to a mental hospital to get her foot looked at. Um, and this escaped patient hides away in their car. At, uh, oh, but he used to be an actor. That's the other thing. He was an actor who snapped. And <laughs> and it's in like this. They're rehearsing in what kind of is like a, almost like a sound stage. Less of a theater and more of... I guess it's a theater. But the way... There's only two exits. And of course, they both get locked. And so they're locked (laughs) inside with the killer. It's basically what she needed to know. Um, I just... I can't... I had always heard of this, but for some reason hadn't gone around to it. And now I'm just, like, kicking myself. Because this was just, like, so on brand for me. Like, I... (laughs) If you don't know, like, I have a degree in theater. That's my whole background. That's a huge passion for me. And I miss, even before the pandemic, I miss doing shows because I haven't done one in a while. But especially right now, it's just like, oh, my God. Oh, to be in a musical and get chased by a killer. Remember those times? (laughs) So tell me your first, like, general thoughts on all this. Like, I was, I, oh, my God, this movie. So (laughs) what did you know going in? Anything? I didn't know anything going in. Okay. Um, I kind of looked up the IMDb because I was just like, that's what I usually do. Uh, and then it kind of said the plot and I was like, oh, okay. Right. So, um, <laughs> bad, bad uh, choice to go to a mental hospital because <laughs> doctors are doctors, aren't they? And it's like, no, <laughs> no. But, you know, 1987, <laughs> I guess, whatever. Um, shitty mental hospital because uh, he escaped without anybody noticing and like... <laughs> I think the dude at the bed might have been, like, the only survivor of this besides, 
the one of the cat one of the actresses um and uh, willie yeah and willie <laughs> he's so lucky yep talk about a uh, movie where the black man is the hero of the day uh like no he doesn't get killed um because he's not the, he's not the first to die he doesn't die at all which is nice uh and there's a cat in there he's a black cat named lucifer uh he, he does not die i like slammed open does the dog die the second i saw him on screen God. I was like, Duh. the cat that cat, that cat like changes sides though kind of kind of a <laughs> this is a cat that does not give a shit he's like oh this is somebody who's petting me i don't care I feel like that's that makes true. sense for, like, a theater cat. It's almost like a version of a bodega cat that's just gonna, like, <laughs> do its own thing. <laughs> and I, the guy who played Peter was giving me Chris Sarandon in Fright Night vibes for some reason. <laughs> I was like, why? I don't know. I can't explain why. It just, that's, like, my first thought that, like... I mean, because they're both fruity? Man. What do you mean? <laughs> Pretty men will go in crazy the, instead of going to therapy. Stop. No, like, I just, yeah, multiple times I had just the TikTok audio. This is definitely a bit fruity. <laughs> we'll get into that later. But, like, Bert uh, was great. I love, Brett was great. I liked him. Uh, the guy who was originally playing the owl. Um, oh, yeah. I liked him. Um. The couple were, they were, they were alright. I didn't mind them too much. Uh, <laughs> this, like, pregnancy the- plot that goes nowhere because they both just die. Yeah. I, no, like, yeah. Oops. I will say, I love, like, even just, maybe it's just because I would watch anything that's about putting on a show, but I feel like it bodes well for, like, a horror movie, especially a slasher, when, like, I'm watching it and I, it's just, like, I would, even if a killer didn't show up, I'd keep watching this just to see what else unfolds in these people's yeah. lives. Because there's just so much drama happening. It's been, yeah. like, t- the, the last night of tech before a show. That's ripe for drama. Like, I would watch something about that. There's even, <laughs> oh, there's, um, this isn't, op- I think it's on opening night, the musical Curtains, where, like, a murder happens. Oh, gosh. Like, during the curtain call of opening night. Yeah, so that's different. But, yeah, I just, we, we love the theater. We love all the drama that, that is around it. Like, and it, um, and all the relationships seem very real. Like, they're all kind of, like, friendly but bitchy to each other (laughs) yeah like the the degree of the relationships between each like different character because like um brett and corinne are like really friendly and like they like banter back and forth because he's like doing great great, sweetie and then she like flips him off while she's on the stage (laughs) and like she and uh ali are kind of like tense like there's like like negative sparks between them and then like everyone's just kind of like with peter because he's a bitchy director (laughs) Um, but I, it was so good. Like, I thought some of the kills were good, too. Like, oh, yeah. The fucking drill one. I was like, oh, I didn't think that was like, I was, what is he going to do with this thing? Like he, that he was looking at in the, in the workshop thing. And then suddenly I start hearing the, like the drill start up and I was like, oh no. Yeah. It's so funny that this like plays with your expectations. Like that scene as an example, because they're like, do something, do something. And she sees the pin. You think, oh, well, she's going to do the pin. It's like, but before, it's too late. There's it's too a hole, late. There's a hole in this man now. I, for <laughs> one, I, like, I feel, okay, my, this is not realistic. Excuse me with this deranged owl man. But uh, I got to say, like, I, okay. 
Like, if, if I were going to be chased around by a serial killer, I feel like the theater I've been working at would be ideal because I would know it better than him. And, like, yeah. the, these people do not take take advantage of that advantage because, first of all, they do not think to go to the workshop first to get weapons. Like, he's like, why didn't I think of that? It's like, because you're stupid, I guess. Like, because <laughs> that would be, they have a lot of weapons specifically at that scene yeah. shop. Yeah. <laughs> Why y'all got so many weapons in this thing? I've never worked in a scene shop that has that kind of drill, but, I mean, I could have found a nail gun or something at least. <laughs> or a saw. <laughs> but you, you really, you can't question the, the, the logic and mentality of someone that's being chased by a serial killer. It just, like, goes out the window, I'm sure. Like, wearing an owl costume. Wearing so an owl like, costume, yeah. What the, the fuck? The, the only thing I'd seen of this, like, a couple months ago, I think what finally got me to watch this was they showed a clip of this of the opening during uh, this trivia night that I do and like you had to like guess what it was from the theme was Giallo and there's just like they show this opening scene and then the owl jumps out and we're all like what the fuck <laughs> and then I realized oh this must be stage fright because I doubt there are many Giallos that are about like a musical and I was mm-hmm. right but <laughs> it's just so buck buck wild the 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 choices, the ki- you mentioned the kills, like it's all oh, the, well the girl gets like, like torn in half or whatever. Yeah, they pull it like up he's, and... he like cut her in half with like I think the chainsaw or something. It's brutal. And then man. her boyfriend fucking jumps down there and then he gets chainsawed. Oh, it's like he's stupid. It's stupid. so funny. They like it. It takes a while for there's like one kill, like the mm-hmm. initial kill. And they're like, well, let's get back to rehearsal. And then people just start dropping, like, flies. Because I, oh, I yeah. looked at the timer, and, like, the last, like, half hour is just with, um, say, Malisha. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, I don't know. That's interesting. It's just, like, like, yeah, we gotta like, get, they're like, just, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Was, oh, it was just, like, a, it was a long, draw, like, drawn-out chase, because she was watching him for a while just to kind of, like, yeah. gauge and, like, try to escape without him having like to find like see her or spot her because i thought that was actually kind of fun like she was just watching from the shadows to like yeah plan and time her escape and then she saw this part where she where they're all like put on the stage in like this most macabre dinner scene or look oh. and then he just sits in the chair in the middle and he just has the cat on his lap and i'm like you fucking creepy and the feathers that were blowing across the stage too that he put there like intentionally Mm-hmm. Um, apparently during, uh, screenings when this first happened, they would drop white feathers from above onto, like, the audience during the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie. So oh. that apparently freaked people out. <laughs> I want to see this in the theater so bad. Oh my god. Same. I feel like it'd be a blast. Okay, that, that, like, him creating the whole, like, the setup, the stage, I was, like, dead bodies aside, I was like, I, I feel like I'm, like get watching someone get ready for a scene in directing class like because like like college theater directing class everyone was always trying to one-up each other with their setups and everything and this is, just reminded me of that <laughs> <laughs> let's just be as extra as possible it takes peter's head and he like held it up like he like like hercules holding medusa's head and then he put it on the mannequin and, like squished it on there i was like what the fuck <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's gross. It's, I love it. Oh. Like, Peter lost an arm and then he lost his head. Like he had he ooh, he kind of had it coming. <laughs> Tell me the G director. I mean, this is literally all his fault. But it is so funny how like it kind of like I'm not. It's weird. I'm not mad about this. Like it forgets that Alicia's the final girl for a minute because she's definitely set up that way. 
Yeah. And then Peter kind of, like, takes charge, even though he's been a dick this whole time. And then his head yeah. gets cut off. So it's like, well, bye. You you literally caused all this by being irresponsible as a director. And... <laughs> <laughs> like, what can I say? Bye, bitch. We should point yeah. out that, so he... Yeah, that he's not only very controlling of his actors, but in this place where there's only two exits, he get like, one key is already missing, and he gives the other key to one of the actresses to be hidden away, and she's, of course, the first to get killed. <laughs> yeah. Hide the key! Great fucking idea, dude! Why? <laughs> that that kill is brutal what, the, on the stage, and they don't even oh realize God. that it's not... Um, He's what's like, what's with the knife? And, mm-hmm. and it, all happens, it all happens too fast to, to, to notice. Yeah. And, oh my God. Because, like, just, just from an actor's standpoint, like, that's where you're supposed to, like, the actual, like, physical space, like, should be, like, the safest place for you because you need to go to such, like, complicated places emotionally. Mm-hmm. The, like, the thought of something like that being a possibility is terrifying. Oh, but absolutely. Maybe, like, I think that's another reason that this all works. And it's just, like, not just any, any place of work is, but especially for, like, an actor, an artist. Yeah. Like, I'm honestly kind of surprised that more, like, things don't take advantage of that setting like there is another there's some like i hadn't seen this but i had seen this another movie called stage fright with like meatloaf that takes place in like a theater camp i'd seen that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i feel (laughs) i feel like i've been talking a lot no you're fine and i i don't know why but i really dug the disguise for the uh the killer being the owl costume like I don't know why mm-hmm. I disliked it so much but I think it's because like the simple color and then like just the creepiness of the owl eyes just staring at you like I don't mm-hmm. I just think it worked really effectively because that's that's just such a creepy thing in general but to have it like be something that you're supposed to be used to seeing and now it's turned into something menacing yeah I don't yeah, know, that was like a prop for the show basically yeah yeah. Ah, oh, it's so creepy. Um, uh, they also, like, didn't really give a backstory to the killer, either. I guess he just wanted to go crazy, go nuts, go stupid, Acting go crazy. Acting is hard, you know? Sometimes you <laughs> The crazy man. It's, uh, it's just such a good movie, and I had such fun watching it. Like, I watched it with my mom, like, right next to me, and she... It's not a fan of horror movies, and I don't think she was really looking, but I didn't have any headphones, so, like, everyone would, that would just scream, and I think she would just, like, don't look at the screen. <laughs> don't look at whatever Elle is watching. Oh, I do not think my mom could handle this, like, the gore and everything. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, especially the chainsaw kills. Oh, like, even yeah. though it was kind of, like, dimly lit, I, it's just, like, I think they had, like, that added noise, like, that, of, like, the flesh... Mm-hmm. being torn apart and like sometimes that stuff gets to me and i'm just like oh my god <laughs> that's a little much um but no yeah i i did like the end scene where um he finally like she's like trying to get the key because it had been stabbed in between the stage oh yeah and then she's like trying to get out of there without him noticing and then she like stabs him in the face with the pin that she'd been using or the nail that she'd been using to free the key from the wood boards and then it's just kind of like a chase from then on <laughs> the, the, he got lit on fire and hit with a nail fell and from s- still lived like, to come back lived. for the final shot <laughs> thank god uh, yeah. for willie <laughs> thank god for willie oh poor girl oh 
the scene where Brett is about to, like, he had to put on the other uh, costume because before he was wearing the white. And then mm-hmm. it, he had to turn, like, wear the black costume. And he does, like, the fake bow at the mirror. And then Killer's right behind him. I yeah. really like that scene. Because it was also supposed to be a um, homage to uh, Dario... Ah, uh, shit, what's his Tenebrae, name? right? I, that sounds correct, yes. Cause, Dario Gento? Yeah, because um, uh, Michelle Suave uh, was, like, an assistant to him. And, like, that was something mm-hmm. that he had did at one time. So it was kind of just, like, a little... Uh, nod to him and then that was also really creepy too it's a good it's a good little trick i've definitely i feel like i've definitely seen other horror movies do that too like or no you know what i'm thinking of actually it's not even horror it's mission impossible (laughs) (laughs) 3 it's all coming it's all coming back but no like it's all come together because for for reference, let me just go on a quick Mission Impossible tangent. I'm surprised that doesn't yes. happen more. But they're gonna ki- kidnap Phil Cy Horfman, and Tom Cruise like dresses up as him. He puts in a Philip Seymour Hoffman suit, and Philip they like spill wine on him, so he has to go to the bathroom because that's where they're gonna do it. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's like looking at himself in the mirror. He ducks and he's standing behind him. Uh, Ethan and Philip Seymour Hoffman standing behind him. Clearly, this was a stage fright reference. I'm sure J.J. Abrams meant that. Please. Oh my Please. god. I'm such an idiot. Anyway. <laughs> that's such a good that's such a good throw to though. That's awesome. That it's not even like another horror. It's a completely different genre, but like I'm sure it's a move that's used quite often in a lot of different movies that the scene could call mm-hmm. for it. So it's like yeah. it's kind of almost like the Akira motorcycle like slide. You see that in like a shit ton of like anime and stuff that's like a homage to uh, that anime so yeah if you see yeah. you're like oh i know that yeah that's or like the <laughs> the mirror or like how everyone plays homage to like the mirror trick and miracle Man over london like i've seen yeah that recreated so many times yeah. so many times Cause it's, cause it's, shit is catchy oh, you know that's why shit shit is catchy <laughs> shit is really catchy oh and also another reason peter's a huge fucking dick is because immediately <laughs> After the poor girl gets murdered in front of the, like, what a horrible way to go, one. Um, yeah. But, like, he, like, makes them go back into rehearsal. He, like, sends all the extras home and shit. And then he, like, has them locked in. And he's like, listen, an actress murdered by the guy that is now inspiring our play. That would drive people to the box office. And I'm like, you piece of shit. <laughs> and she wasn't even an actress. She was, like, a wardrobe. Uh, she was a wardrobe uh, costume fixer. And yeah. so it, he's like he lied also on top of that, and it's just like, what a what a piece of shit. You know what? You know what's sad though. I'm not at all like that's that's pretty realistic. I'm not not at all surprised. Like that seems like a very like now Hollywood thing to do to like yeah to exploit like an actual death into something that you're working on. Like <laughs> yeah, so I'm not surprised. And <laughs> okay, like we're. Pe- I, what is surprising is that they were actually paying the actors extra to do this extra work. <laughs> That's <laughs> not realistic. <laughs> oh my god, my the, the, what is it, the producer guy's name? But, like, when they're all like, oh, we gotta go, there's a murder on loose, and he still is just like, I gotta collect this money first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rip to him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, Ferrari, yeah. Ferrari, Ferrari yeah. How do how could I forget that name? Ferrari. <laughs> Ford versus. 
Borders. <laughs> no, it's it's such a good movie. I had such a good time with it. Um, I'm glad. Uh. The the bad guy is just like I know the mental hospital bad patient uh, <laughs> trope is some dumb bullshit. Um, I know. I just think it's really funny that they make him an actor, too. That's, like, I'm, I'm, I'll allow it. That's, like, for now, I will allow it. <laughs> for now. Um, but, no, yeah, I highly encourage watching it. It's on um, Shudder. Yes, it's still on Shudder. Just, like, if you're listening to this, it's too late, you know, already too much. But just go in and watch it anyway, because sometimes, like... Even if it's something that, like, I know everything about it, it's still fun to just go and, like, see it with your actual eyes and, like, experience it for the first time. And who even so. knows how coherent what we are saying is? So they're yeah, probably they're just... Owl. They're like, what? An owl? Okay, I'll go. Crazy owl, man. Let's do it. <laughs> no, please. Let's just do it. I Honestly, it's it's so worth the, the time and everything. Um, but even though I couldn't find any kind of plays, uh, that had people actually being murdered in them, I did find plays <laughs> that are based around true crime. Uh, several Good. of them, it's like, how did you not know this was true crime? Or at least, like, crime-based. Uh, very obvious first one, Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you not know that, based on the 1924 trial of Belva Gardner, Carabay Singer charged with shooting her married lover in a car, and then abandoning the body next to a pistol and a bottle of Prohibition-era bootleg gin. Uh, so, the, the police kind. tracked her down. Yeah, this, this fucking guy. Uh, she said that she had been drunk and couldn't remember a thing. Her t- attorney convinced the jury that Law might have shot himself, and she was eventually acquitted. Um, that was also combined with the story that had occurred just weeks later, when Abella Annan, who was married to another man, jealously shot and killed her lover, Harry Kaltstedt, as he was walking out on her, she also eventually was acquitted, having told the court that she fired in self-defense because we both reached for the gun. Hey. Uh, hey. Although the gardener and Annan did not know each other beforehand, they met in the Cook County Jail and became rivals for tabloid headlines. <laughs> also another true crime play, Sweeney Todd the Demon Barber, Fleet Street. Hell yeah. Um... The historian Peter Haining claimed to have found the truth about the real Sweeney Todd, even though his research has been scoffed at. He claims that Todd was born <laughs> in October 26, 1756 in Brick Lane, East London. Uh, he grew fascinated with the instruments of torture displayed in the Tower of London as a warning to miscreants. With his parents dying young, the 14-year-old became apprenticed to a cutler, uh, somebody who makes and repairs knives and other cutting tools. Uh, when he landed in jail for petty theft, he had attached himself to the prison's barber, and then he opened fleet, uh, a street corner barber shop once he was out and shacked up with the young woman who he actually regularly abused, apparently. So... One night, uh, a customer regaled Todd with the story of his previous night's sexual adventures, describing a woman who matched Todd's common-law wife. Uh, in range, Todd interrupted this man's shave by slashing his throat. Uh, you think the story would have ended there, but Todd was not caught yet. He began to kill prosperous-looking customers in order to rob them, but disposing of the bodies became a problem. Enter Marjorie, who was sometimes listed as Sarah Lovett, who added the meat pie-baking dimension to the story. Uh, so the smell from the shop attracted the official attention and 
she blabbed on him when she was arrested, <laughs> and so they both got arrested. And so another play is the producers. Uh, I can't believe that that's a crime one. I didn't even think it was. A true crime when I, mean, I thought it was just... Well, I mean, they are technically committing a crime. <laughs> well, yeah, but, like, I didn't think it was, like, a true crime. Um, there's also Thou Shalt Not. Uh, it was a short-lived musical that was made in 2001. Uh, it had music and lyrics by Harry Connick Jr. And the book was by David Thompson. It was de- uh, adapted from the Emile Zola novel, Teresa Rakin, which caused a sensation when it was published in 1867. Uh, there was a not a musical adaptation of the novel appearing on Broadway that earlier before that. It was based on the simple news story about an unhappily married woman and her lover who conspired to murder her husband and then found themselves consumed with guilt. Uh, a Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder in 2013 hey. was <laughs> also true crime brace. Um, it all deal with the same subject. A young man who murders his way to a title. The Jewish Celia killer rank became the half-Italian killer Louise Mazzini in Kind Hearts, and finally the half-Spanish Monte Navarro in Gentleman's Guide, uh, because there was different adaptations, like, almost that sharply tracked to the plot of the 1949 British film Kind Hearts and Coronets, in turn was suggested by a 1907 novel, Israel Rank, the autobiography of a criminal, based on a real case, um... The hard-edged melodramatic and some have said anti-Semitic calculations of rank were smoothed and made devilishly charming in the screenplay, uh, which the Broadway writers then adapted. There was also the, I don't know how long it was, but I don't think it was very long, the American Psycho musical uh, that was based on the book by Brett Easton Ellis. We all know the American Psycho plot at this point. Christian Bale, when will you thank your career? Matt Smith did that musical in London. Oh my god. <laughs> it was good old Benjamin Walker on Broadway. It did not last long. I think it was like the same year as Hamilton. <laughs> or like around no! it was like around that time, I think. Feel free to correct Ripped me. So all musicals when Hamilton came out. Uh, a final one, it was called Bright Star. It was in 2016. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was by Edie Rickle and Steve Martin. They said the show was based off the unsolved true story of the so-called Iron Mountain Baby. In 1902, a farmer named William Helms was passing a train trestle in rural Missouri when he heard a sound he took to be for field mice squeaking, uh, according to one account. Instead, he found the sound was coming from a worn valise. Inside was a crying baby that had been badly injured. He deduced the valise and the baby had been thrown from a passing train. Uh, he and his wife raised the child as their own son. Uh, but they always wondered where had the baby been thrown from the train and by whom. Uh, there has been no answers to that question, but the they inspired Martin and Brickle to fashion the musical that provides a fanciful answer to the like everything that happened beforehand. So can I can I you... can I say something real quick to to to, to top all this off? My 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 co- contribution to true crime for once. Well, this isn't a crime, but off because off Mike L was talking about what they were gonna do for this segment. And they were like, Unfor- unfortunately, no one's been killed on stage. They've died on stage, but not killed. And I was like, yeah, Dick Sean died on stage. And can I just say what happened there, like real quick? Yeah. So yeah. Dick Sean, y'all, speaking of the producers, he played LSD in the producers movie. That's probably what he's well known for. But he he had like a, it was like a one man show or some kind of show that he was doing. And during intermission, he would like lie down on the stage. But what happened oh, one time was he lay down on the stage and like died. And people thought it was, ah! people thought it was a bit, but it wasn't. That's all. It like very, very bizarre. Anyways, 
<laughs> just men will just straight up die. Just, just, just straight up just die. Yeah. <laughs> if he wanted to be the lead, just say so, sir. <laughs> so yeah, um, highly recommend watching the original uh, Sweeney Todd on. Like, so I know that there's a filmed version of the one that has, um... Oh, fuck. Angela. Angela Lansbury? Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. It's a... Uh, I got it. I got it from the library once. Um, yeah, it's like a filmed stage version. Yes, it's so good. And I would love to see it be brought back to Broadway. Uh, I don't even... I just want to go see it. I don't even want to be part of it. I just want to go see it with my own two eyes. That, or see what the hell a high school production could do with it. Because I swear that I've seen some videos from high school productions of Sweeney Todd that they managed to pull off somehow. We were supposed to do it my senior year, and then our oh. our drama teacher retired, and we did Fiddler on the Roof instead with the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's better than my almost, like, what? 85% white high school decided to do hairspray. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> it was bad. I was like, what the fuck did we have? Who decided this? Who did this? Oh, it was such a bad decision. I don't know why they decided to do that. I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> no, Black Woman did not play Mama Maybell. Oh, yikes. I know where, I, I know where I've been must have been interesting. They put darker makeup on the little actress that was playing no! her, though. Okay, this is bad. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I wasn't, I was like the prop, I was one of the props people. So I wasn't actually part of the cast video that I was just like, I was just like the side eye marching meme. I was just like, <laughs> I have nothing part in this. Don't even, don't even talk to, I'm, ugh. That was not a good decision. The theater teacher wasn't even that great either because he was always playing favorites, which sucked, but... So he was a theater teacher. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah. So moving on. So... <laughs> so is this a gay-ass film It's so or not? gay. It's so gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that... I feel... That should be a given because it's, it takes place in a theater. But for the 80s even, like, it's surprisingly very... Okay, it's gay. Uh, no, I'm so... <laughs> so, yes... <laughs> So yes, I do believe stage fright is gay. I mean, there, I think, I don't mean to like play into like stereotypes, but I'm pretty sure oh, Brad is yeah. supposed to be like a queer character. Like he's very, very campy, very and Corinne being bitchy. She's like, <laughs> and not, I love him. Not, so not, when's the last time like you yeah. were showing your ass to men at like gas stations or something? And I was like, hello. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I just I was so I yeah. was really bummed that he was one of the first to die. I was like, no. Um, I also think that Betty the the um the costumer <laughs> a, uh, theater dyke. Ah. That's just fine. <laughs> but and I was like, uh, okay, so let okay, let's unpack this. Because just watching like just watching this, I'm like I'm obsessed with Mark, the very gay, sensitive yes. AD, who is just like there and like cl clutching his notes the whole time. And I, I, uh, as you remember, <laughs> I called Peter very fruity earlier. And so then, like, there's this like like very real moment when Peter discovers that Mark is dead, and it is like the way he reacts. Uh, yeah. I'm like, okay, something was happening he, here. He was am I, so, I'm, like, am I right? I'm am I right? Way more upset about it than like the others that had already gotten. Hit like smacked mm -hmm. and like hit so, off like 
there was like no reaction pretty much. He was just like just slam, like, kind of staring when Betty was killed. And then like with Corinne, he was just like, Ugh. like she's dead. And but when Mark fucking died, he was like losing it. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Hello? Okay, noted. But yeah, that's so I've, I've that's plenty to go on, go around there. The, um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because like this was Europeans, so you could get away with that more. But I just feel like there's a lot more in this than another any other slasher you would see in like something mm-hmm. from '82. So <laughs> even though they all fucking die, like, hey, <laughs> something I don't know. Unless, do you, do you have any other theories here? Oh, at least it was a little bit less. <laughs> that was probably... I don't know why. Oh, you <laughs> know what? She was. We've decided. <laughs> I don't know. I just... You never just, like, feel it. You're just Everyone's like, yes, gay, we decided. This. Like, I, I clock you. We see yeah, each other. The... <laughs> <laughs> there are vibes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was just... It's... Yeah, it was pretty... It's pretty gay. It's pretty, eh? The, the <laughs> outfits are all like, I'm like, this would satisfy everybody in the LGBT group. <laughs> Gays at brunch looks. <laughs> Giant owl head. <laughs> We're gonna come to brunch, I'll just wear this giant owl head. I'm gonna have to post that. <laughs> No, I, okay, I would 100% wear Peter's outfit, is this, like, with the vest and the, the ascot, like, the, ba- the red bandana, I'm like, yeah, that's a look. <laughs> that is the Pete dress Gaze that Corinne was anyway. wearing, the big, like, poofy, like, blue dress that was, like, she had, like, those fake exaggerated mm. boobs on, and then, like, it was, like, really short and shit. And I was just like, this is all yeah. just, this is satisfying for everybody who's watching, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like aside from like the queerness of the characters like this is as we've mentioned yeah. just very like campy and fun and then all but also like very brutal like it's a really interesting balance that works really well and i think it's why like, we're like yeah so excited i was to like yelling at this. everybody after i finished like, uh stage fright i was just like if you love horror movies <laughs> you need to watch this one please <laughs> <laughs> kicks down your door stage fright <laughs> yeah man it's a great I have to show it to my dad sometime cause like he doesn't mind horror movies he's down to watch them and I just want to get his opinion about this cause I feel like this is something he probably would have seen in uh, the 80s cause he went and watched like a lot of horror movies in theaters mm. and stuff so when he was growing up so I was like oh, oh cool imagine going to see Halloween for the first time before like anything about it had even come out just like just going into theaters like like nothing beforehand like it's not already part of like the pop culture world like this is the introduction of it like you are so lucky sir like to see that i don't know uh he just had a good advantage <laughs> he got to see the I, exorcist I in theaters when it first came out I'm like damn i wish that was me i would have loved to see the audience reactions in real time <laughs> so Campy gay horror fun. Watch Stage Fright Aquarius or Deliria, as it's called. Uh, you'll have a lot of fun with it. I <laughs> guarantee it. Uh, that's that's all I have to say. Uh, <laughs> oh, the the soundtrack slaps. Yes, too. that's the last thing I'll yes. say. Yeah, that too. That too. Absolutely. So shall we wind down? 
for now. Sure. Um, would you like to go first? Sure. I've been, once again, it's a pandemic, so I've been watching a lot of things. <laughs> but um, I did, I finally watched Piranha. And I'm uh, very pleasantly surprised by because I think my, when I hear Piranha, I think of, because I had seen Piranha Triple D in theaters uh. and thought it would be, like, very silly. And, like, it is silly to watch the, the piranhas, like, swim in the water and stuff. But this uh, this movie's brutal. Oh. Like, in a, like, lots of children die. Oh, my God. <laughs> or not, not, not lots, but children get attacked and it's brutal. It's hard to watch. Ooh. But, yeah, it, I was, like, pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I watched, okay, there was this TV movie called That Certain Summer that I was just, like, it's time to watch this. I think it's like how Holmberg had passed away recently. Mm-hmm. He was in it. Was this was 1972, so a year before like homosexuality was removed from the DSM. Wow. And this was like a T ABC movie of the week movie that like featured like a gay couple in a positive light. Wow. It's like his son comes to visit and like he's trying to hide the fact that he has this boyfriend played by Martin Sheen, but the kid figures it out kind of. Yeah. Um, really, really interesting stuff. Like, not perfect, obviously, but I, I was, and it's, like, filmed on location in San Francisco. I just like the vibe, you know? <laughs> I also, also non-horror, but I watched A Face in the Crowd for the first time, and it was one of those moments where, like, you know, like, you watch, like, something that's considered, like, a classic, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, that's why I feel sick. You're like, hey, you guys ever heard of Castle Blanc? <laughs> that's pretty good, right? Like, that's how I felt, being like, hey, Face in the Crowd's pretty good, you guys. <laughs> but... <laughs> Because it's definitely one of those things that, like, st- like you watch it and it, like, predicted things. Like, it, like there's shots of, like, girls running at an airplane at the, the idol that, that like, them, like, this was before the Beatles. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff like that. And, and the idea of, like, celebrity as, like, such a powerful influencer. Yeah. Like, that, it predicted all of that. Oh my like, God. it's fascinating. And, like, it was Andy Griffith's first role. Like, he just came in, like, kicking down your door. <laughs> I also okay. I watched this movie called Am I Pronouncing This Right? Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Uh, that was that was something. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I watched that shit on VHS. We had to change out the VHS tapes. Oh Intermission. God. I watched it a grand total of one time, and I think that was like twelve when I saw it or something. I don't know. I was still young enough that we still had the VHS player. I know that much, and I was just uh-huh. like, that was a long movie. <laughs> It was a long movie. It was movie. so long. It's like Lawrence of Arabia. Such a long movie. Anyway, oh, oh, there's one thing I need to yes. talk about, too. Oh, my, I'm so glad I didn't forget. Okay, I finished, okay, I famously can't read, but I just read this book that just, like, ruined other books for oh me. Oh, my gosh. Called House, I, I think I was, like, texting yeah. you, but it's called The House in the Cerulean yeah. Sea. Oh, my God, everyone, please read this. If you just want to, like, feel good for once, if you just want to feel, like, warm and gayness and more warmth and just magic <laughs> it's like the so this this very just like lonely in quotes boring uh like caseworker for um it's it's specifically like a social worker for like magical kids mm-hmm. kids with like that are like magical in some way and he's sent on this big top secret assignment to this island he finds out it's because the antichrist is is a kid and lives there but that's not even that's not even like a huge part of it um but it's just about him like connecting with all the kids and he like falls in love with the headmaster and it's very gay and i love it i i and and like like it's just so like witty and charming like the way like the dialogue that the characters have 
and it implements music in a really interesting way because they like listen to records a lot and like the obviously like it's it's very cinematic in a way like because like the whatever song is playing is like relevant to the situation that's happening and there's a, a use of Nat King Cole's smile that oh. like ruined me. Yeah, I'm just like okay, so this <laughs> this book ruined other books for me and I think everyone should read it. Oh my god, that's all. It's on my list to read oh, as soon I... as possible, so I will definitely be getting on that ASAP. Do it, do it. <laughs> that's all I. Got. Okay. Um, I have also been watching a fair amount of movies. Uh, I think the f- the first mm-hmm. movie that I watched uh, after we did our Last episode was all about Eve because it was next on my mm. hundred AFI list. Uh, and women are allowed; she's allowed. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched two movies in the same day, which was my dad just happened to turn it on when it started, which was the first Rambo movie. I'd never seen it, <laughs> and it much like many other franchise sequels, uh, everything else after that didn't understand the point of the first one. <laughs> it went completely yeah. off the rails. Uh, and then after that, we watched Double Indemnity, uh, which was also hey! very good. Loved it. Um, and then my mom wanted to watch a movie, and she turned on Hulu, and she was like, let's watch Nomadland. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's my, yeah. <gasps> and so I watched it with her, and I was like, I am loving every second about this. Just like, let's just keep going. Um, so The day that we're recording this, Koei Zhao got nominated for the best director at the Oscars. Yes! Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Sorry, Let's pray circle for her winning. Let's go. Um, and then I decided I was gonna, I just wanted something to watch. So I turned on uh, the original Prom Night with Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's a choice. <laughs> she was the best part about I'm it. I'm sorry. No, I know. <laughs> Not not Les Nielsen. No, Les Nielsen. Love him too. Uh, she was she, her dancing was like okay. This kind of makes up for some of the movie. Yeah, she was so good. Yeah. And then I really wanted like, cause I'd seen posters for it before all over the internet, and it looks it looked silly as hell, and I really wanted to see it. So I watched Chopping Mall. It's so absurd. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But I had a good time. There was no chopping. There was no chopping. <laughs> You just don't. It's just a great title. <laughs> it really is. It was, it was just for the title. They were just like, oh, we just got to have this title. That's all. Uh, and then I watched Hellfest, which reminded me so much of Horror oh, yeah. Nights at Hollywood. I was like mm-hmm. missing them hours <laughs> to the squad. Yeah. It was also very fun. Um, and Taylor was a great character. She was so good. Mm-hmm. Love her. Uh, and then I watched the 2008 prom night with Betty Snow and Idris Elba and James Ransone, who played Eddie in It Chapter 2, which I like. I knew going in this was not going to be a good film, and I was right, and I was like, but the best part was the ending credits song. Like, it kind of was a bit of a <laughs> I have it on my Spotify, like, so I was like, this is actually fun. I like this song. Um, but no, yeah, a creepy high school teacher obsessed with his one of his high school students, and he kills her family, and then he escapes from prison to, like... I don't know. Fucking, like, it's so completely different from the original. Like, the, the only things that share is, is, like, the title. That's it. I And that it takes mm. place on prom. <laughs> That's it. Um, But I'm like, if you want something on in the background, you could totally have that on, because I, I think even despite <laughs> the material she was given, Brittany Stone did pretty good in it. And so I was like, hey, 
I mean, that's the Britney Snow way. That's, yeah, like, truly, truly. Uh, and then, like, yesterday, I watched Case 39 with Renee Zellweger uh, and Ian McShane, who I very much do love. Uh, also kind of shitty, but I, I just kept seeing it on my Netflix, and I was just like, fuck it, let's just watch this, and... Uh, I don't think there's really, like, that was the same year that Orphan came out, and I'm like, are we done with the evil orphan child trope now? Because I haven't seen anything recently, but God knows horror will just dig something up. Um, just to say, screw it, you know? But that's, like, that's the stuff that I've been watching. Um, <laughs> oh, what have I been reading? I read, I'm rereading The Inheritance Cycle uh, by Christopher Paolini. Because I don't remember anything. Um, because the, the third, when the third book came out, I read that. And then it was so long between that and the fourth book that I, like, lost all my memory of what in the hell happens in this series. And so then I'm just like, okay, now that I have them all, I can just reread it and actually finish it this time. Um, but I feel like there's something else I read. What did I read before that? I forget. Oh, Yeah. No, I talked about this before. It was Nosferatu by Joe Hill. I can finally cut that out. Mm. Um, <laughs> I my reading is so slow. I I've just I've gotten through like through one. Well, it's faster than before though because I've actually read a whole book before our next episode. So I'm doing better. It's, I'm just still very bad about reading because I want to do so many other things all at once. Like why can't I split myself in half and just watch stuff and embroider and color and watch movies and read. If I had multiple selves, I could get all this done. But there's not enough time. I feel like the Twilight Zone episode. There's so many books to read, but not enough what, time. What, with Burgess Meredith? Or are you going to drop your glasses? <laughs> I don't have any glasses to drop. I'd be fine. Um, but no, yeah, like all the books I could ever read. All the books I ever want. And then it just fucking drops his glasses, which is the only way you can see it. It's like, yeah, that would happen. That would happen. Um... But other than that, not too much else has been going on. Um, just still working at my bookstore, which is very fun. Why are people still complaining about the Dr. Seuss books? I don't understand. <laughs> How does this affect you in any way? People are so weird. We are being censored. We are being They're like, why not just redraw it? And I'm like, I think the purpose is they just don't want to publish it anymore. And they weren't even popular titles anyways. Like... They're like, what if they start censoring the other books? And I'm like, okay, first of all, they're too popular to ever do that. That would be stupid. Second of all, they don't have racist imagery. <laughs> like, oh my god, people. This is this was their idea. Like, nobody pressured them to do this. This was their estate being like, hey, we should just stop doing this. Like, nobody told them that they should stop doing it. They decided on their own. So, people are just being ridiculous, and people will still not wear masks correctly, or at all, in my stores. So, this pandemic is going to keep going for 28,000 years. <laughs> it's really funny, because along those same lines of the Dr. Seuss thing, the reason I watched Gone with the Wind is because it's on TCM's Reframed series, which, mm -hmm. if you had TCM, check it out. Because what they're doing is they're, like, watching movies that, like, in some way or another, like, it has the con some content in it has not aged well. Nope. Gone with the Wind, bing, and they're like, but they're like discussing it and giving it context and everything. Mm -hmm. And people took this as we are canceling Gone with the Wind. <laughs> you can't take this away from us. You're canceling. It's like, well, if they were canceling it, they would just like not show it, which was what HBO Max tried to do 
earlier. It's like, no, instead we're giving, like, some context and a thing. It was just like, hey, so there's some shit in this that's not that great. We know this. We know this. Which is, like, a better way to... We know this, which is a better way... But it's still pissing people off, which I just think is really funny. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> people are strange. But anyway, stage fright on Shudder. Please watch it. I beg of you. Just watch it. Just go in. Even if you know everything from what we've just been talking about. Just go in and watch it. You're going to have so much fun. Yeah. Please. We pop. All right. So you can find me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. You can find me at LM Designs on Twitter and the podcast on Twitter at Horror Time Pod and Facebook at Stop Horror Time Pod. And if you like what we do and you want to give us some encouragement or just to help us in the ratings and stuff, just get to share around, you know, drop like a rating or a comment on wherever you listen if they have that feature it's just more for like spreading us and uh, spreading the word you know and we're also great for people who Mm -hmm. like horror movies and want to know more about them but just cannot watch them um we will see you guys next month uh we will have hopefully another gay film we'll have to decide uh but until then (laughs) stay safe uh spring is coming thank god Mm -hmm. for that and we will see you guys Mm -hmm. later